So some days you might have like a jam-packed side hustle day and that's amazing. But other days you may have like a jam-packed nine to five day and that's okay because you're still prioritizing based on what's going on. And that's where like that power of three things a day just really comes into motion because you're being consistent with it. And it's allowing you to focus on the right things at the right time based on what's going on. I feel like that is so liberating. Too legitimate to quit, instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the brilliant Holly Marie Haynes. Holly helps female entrepreneurs take back control of their time with proven productivity techniques, systems, and structure to create a strategy that scales long term. An industry expert, host of the Crush the Rush podcast, and featured Thrive author with a 20-year business consulting background with Fortune 500 companies, Holly runs her strategic coaching business and the Crush the Rush planner company while raising her twin daughters with her husband, in addition to working for a nonprofit in Columbus, Ohio. Holly, queen of all things side hustle, what do small businesses and side hustlers need to focus on this week? Hi, so I'm going to introduce you guys to the cake method, which I talk about all the time in my side hustle. And I mean, who doesn't like to talk about cake? I love cake. Right. So when I get overwhelmed or my clients get overwhelmed, we always talk about the cake method. And the whole theory behind it is is you take three things going into your day that you're going to focus on. So it's a three layer cake and everything else is sprinkles. So (laughs) if you're starting your day, it's so easy to remember, but if you're starting your day, you've got three things that you're going to do. One might be your nine to five. One might be your side hustle. Maybe you're recording a podcast. One might be um, teaching your kids how to read, which happens in our household because my girls are home um, and we're doing virtual school for first grade. So those would be my three things for the day. Everyone stresses out because they're like, oh my God, but my list has 25 other things. Well, those are sprinkles, which who doesn't love to call your to-do list sprinkles? I love also. it. Um, and so when you get through your three layer cake, then you say, okay, do I have time for sprinkles or do I just want to like take a breath and celebrate that I got through three things today because I was ridiculously focused and then you're not overwhelmed. You're, you don't have anxiety about How am I going to get through my 25 item list? And then the next day you pick three more things. And so the whole theory is, and there's a lot of science backed behind this like three method um, approach, but if you consistently do three things every day, I think it's over like 1700 things in a year. So it's very simple. It works. You get to talk about cake every day. Um, (laughs) If you're having an amazing day, you can add in some sprinkles and then you just start the next day with another piece of cake. I love like this is so goofy and such a tangent, but hey, it's a pop culture ta- it's a pop culture tangent, and this is a pop culture podcast, so hey, it's fine. Yeah, for some reason, what brought 
what came to mind for me was uh, Church of England Cake or Death from Eddie Izzard, where he's like, Church of England, cake or death. But for you, it's sprinkles or breath. Yeah. Like that idea. Yes. Like, get your big three done. Yep. And then ask yourself, sprinkles or breath? Exactly. Yep. And in that tone, like, don't put judgment on either. Because I know when I look at my sprinkles, which already I'm, I'm, from now on, I'm never calling it a to-do list again. Right? It's so much more fun this way. Of sprinkles, which is always gargantuan. I mean, I'm bored. My to-do list is generally taller than me. But there are days when I look at that with a lot of enthusiasm and hope and excitement and verve, like, ooh, look at all this stuff I get to do. Yeah. But there are other times, of course, where maybe the list is minuscule and I'm like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) so it works both ways. Get your essentials done. And then on good days or in bad, ask with that equal parts enthusiasm, sprinkles or nothing. Yeah. And I would say it works on good days and bad days, right? Because on a good day, you're probably going to get through the three things and you'll probably have time for sprinkles because you're you're feeling motivated and excited and enthusiastic. But on a, a I wouldn't say a bad day, but maybe on a day where you're more tired or it's like gloomy and rainy out and maybe like a nap sounds really amazing, then it's motivating because it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I have to get through these three things. And when I'm done with those three things, then I'm done. I don't have to do anything else. I'm still keeping myself on track. And then I don't feel guilty for not getting to all the other items. It seems like it also helps keep self-care and family responsibilities in check. Like one of your three layers is this involuntary homeschooling that a lot of parents are doing right now. I love how you said that. Right? Yeah. Well, you know, there's voluntary homeschooling, like what my best friend does. And I'm like, you are an insane person, but my head is off you. And then there's this other thing of like, I'm running a business from home or in your aspect, I'm working a job and running a business from home. And now I'm a reading teacher. Right. Whoa. It would be easy for those three plates to spin out. Right. It is. And that's why I always say, you know, as somebody who works full time and who is building a business, like you don't get an extra 24 hours to build your business. I wish that you did, Mm -hmm. but those three things have to be a mix of everything that's going on in your life. I call them your personal pillars. So it could be work. It could be family. It could be whatever your priorities are. So some days you might have like a jam packed side hustle day and that's amazing. But other days you may have like a jam packed nine to five day and that's okay because you're still prioritizing based on what's going on. And that's where like that power of three things a day just really comes into um, motion because you're being consistent with it. Um, And it's allowing you to focus on the right things at the right time based on what's going on. I feel like that is so liberating. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's a weird idea to be liberated from your to-do list, but I feel like if you've ever had that like I'm in a trash compactor drowning in my own tasks feeling, then no, like to say like okay, it's these three things. Yeah, and I feel like so often so many entrepreneurs just get burnt out, right? Like yeah. they're like I don't know what to do, I don't know what to focus on, and so this really helps you narrow it down so you know exactly what to focus on and when. Yes, it's like prioritization becomes clear when when the noise is reduced. 
Hmm. I love that. I love yeah. that. That. Yeah. And also, I just love talking about cake. Like, now I also, right? I, I do this rant on other people's podcasts, and I think I've done it on my own, about how um, over-marketing and underselling is like bragging about cake and not letting anyone eat it. Um, so now I'm just inspired to have, like, an entire summit of marketing lessons that we can tie to cake. Right. I mean, it does make planning your day more exciting. So like the night before, like when I wrap up my nine to five, I sit down and I look at my planner and I say like, what are the three things that I'm going to do tomorrow? Now as a bonus, I typically will try to knock one or two of those out in the morning, like before everyone else's day starts. But I know going into the day, like, you know, if today is Tuesday, tomorrow's Wednesday, like what are my three things for Wednesday? I wake up, I have a very clear plan. Mm. Um, And I even do it on the weekends. I mean, the weekend cake is very different, right? Like it might be like make tacos, um, go to the zoo or take a nap. Like, Mm -hmm. but when you do those things, you feel really amazing. And then if you do those things for yourself and you have extra time, then you can do your sprinkles. That's marvelous. (laughs) And I used to be a person that rebelled against structure in all of its forms, but three things and connecting it to cake just make it so much more accessible like I can still you know how we have those like even if we don't have a behavior anymore we have like the echo of how we would have felt if someone told us to do something yeah like no part of me is like I can't do three things a day I know I have a lot of clients and friends who are like, I mean, I'm like the productivity taskmaster. I love all the tools and templates, but some people just don't relate to that. And I have found that any person that I present this method to, they're like, okay, I can try that. So it's an awesome place to start. And honestly, it doesn't, that's it. Like it doesn't get more complicated. Like it's, it's a concept that you can just apply every day. And then like, if you want to keep it in a fancy tool, you can, Um, Or if you want to keep your sprinkles in a Trello board, you can do that, but it doesn't um, have to be complicated. Two beautiful words in one sentence, sprinkles and Trello. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, if you are not in the church of Trello yet, it is free. It is project management. It is wonderful. DM me on any platform and I will sing you its praises all day. Yeah. But yes, that is a great place to put sprinkles, sprinkles in a Trello board. Yeah. Uh, so what happens, though, if you plan your cake and you get your layers and you're trucking along and then like this just happened to me this week? I had let's I, I have some pretty mm, not three. I have like a 97 layer cake that I need to reduce to three. Yeah. But in in the course of that, I was clipping along. I was feeling really great. And then our shower literally exploded we have a 102 year old house and something happened between the bathtub and the dishwasher and now there is chaos what do you do when your cake gets trampled by life yeah so you just pick different layers um and i think that is like the beauty of your cake is not all business right so a lot of people are like well i have 12 things i have to do today for my business but if your shower explodes you're not going to do any thing for your business. And so your cake becomes one layer and it becomes like, how do I get out of, you know, this like mess that I'm in. And then the next day your layers just look a little bit different. So then, you know, hit pause, fix the problem. And then the next day your layers adjust. 
But the cool thing is, is you've got that sprinkle log, right? So you just move everything to that sprinkle log and say like, I'm going to come back to it because everyone likes extra sprinkles when I'm ready. Mm -hmm. And for right now, I'm focusing on this one thing. So you could dial it down to like a one layer cake if you need to. Um, like I, an example of that actually happened to me yesterday. I, for my corporate job, we had like a, a marketing, like go live. Um, and so I was on calls till 10 o'clock at night. Like I'm not going to be working my side hustle at 11 o'clock at night so that I can get like an extra layer of cake in. Um, so, you know, it was a one layer cake and I, I knocked that out. And then today I just um, reprioritized based on what I needed to. And I would say one of the things today was actually sleep because I was up late last night. So I took it slower this morning. I had like two things that I was going to do in addition to just sleeping a little extra. And then it eventually like works itself out. But that makes total sense. Like now I'm just looking at my own day and I'm like, okay, I had the chiropractor this morning, layer one. I'm doing this interview with you, layer two. Yeah. And then I'm teaching today, layer three. And mm -hmm. all the other optional things on my calendar are sprinkles. Exactly. And people, a lot of times don't count like meetings as a cake layer. Um, but I do. So, and sometimes mm -hmm. I'll group them together. Like if I have like two podcast interviews in a row, I'll just put like podcast interviews. Or if I know I have like five corporate meetings in a day, then I'm going to count that as like one layer. Like, like a batch. Yeah. It's like a block. Um and so that basically, if I have, you know, two podcast interviews and like three work meetings, that's two layers. Like my third layer is going to be like family time or making dinner or watching Netflix, yeah. <laughs> whatever is like, yeah. you know, a little bit of a break. I just feel like I can breathe. Like, I feel yeah. like that's like, ah, this weight has just been lifted, like the threat of all of this overwhelm, because I remember when I was first in a side hustle, it was so fits and starts, but I, I is. fought against that. I fought against the day where I would have a ton of time for sprinkles or the time where all three of my layers would have to be used up by my day job or life. Right. And, and I was so frustrated and mad at myself about the seeming inconsistency of my not dedication but my ability to build this thing but you're right if you look at it as hold on you're building it in the context of your whole life and it gets three layers at most but some days it doesn't get any yeah. that's that's a really different way and a more certainly more self-compassionate way yeah, because you'll burn out. And I say, you know, most of the time my layers have like one goal a day for my side hustle, right? So my other two layers are probably family or um, my nine to five. So if I'm consistent with one thing a day mm -hmm. for, let's say, four days a week, that's way more consistent than I would be if I had a list of 25 things. And by like noon, I'm completely overwhelmed and I'm like, I don't know what to do next. So from a side hustle perspective, pick one thing that's going to be your cake layer each day, be consistent with it. And by the end of the week, you've got, you know, four or five hours of progress that you've made on your business. You could keep going on the weekend if you would like, um, or you can switch it up. How are there any best practices or red flags when it comes to selecting the size of your cake layers? 
Yeah. So typically I've, I kind of, I don't know if you've talked about the Pomodoro method at all. And it's I haven't on the show, but now you're just listing everything I love. Tell us about Yeah. Pomodoro. So the Pomodoro method is basically batching things in 20 to 30 minute tasks and then taking like a five minute break, basically repeating that four times. So you have like a two hour work period of doing something. So I like to say a cake layer is nothing more than an hour. Just from personal perspective, um, I also have found when you are like really dialed in, like let's say one of your cake layers for the day is like answering DMs because you need, (laughs) right? Like I get so behind on them and I'm like, oh crap, like I got to answer some messages. Oh my God. So like one of my cake layers yesterday was I needed to answer my emails So I set a timer, I turn all the notifications off, I close all the tabs and I go in for 30 minutes. Like most tasks you can knock out in 30 minutes. You can write a podcast episode in 30 minutes. You can record a podcast in 30 minutes. Like you can do a lot. You can write an executive presentation in 30 minutes. Yeah. So I like to keep mine between 30 minutes and an hour, uh, which is basically three hours of your day which people are like, well, there's, you know, eight to 10 hours in a day, but like you have stuff that comes up. You have a ton of sprinkles. Yeah. So I, I try to keep it about an hour, but I also schedule in breaks, going back to that Pomodoro method, like a 20 minute break, a lunch break, a walk, like things that like keep you from burning out. Um, but I would say an hour as a rule of thumb. What if you're working with a partner or a team How do you mash up your cake with their cake? And I love how many times in this episode I've said sentences (laughs) that make no sense out of context. How do you mash up your cake against your partner's cake? Yeah. So, you know, one, I think it comes back to organization. So if you guys are working on a team together, like you should have set goals for the week of what you're trying to accomplish And then out of those goals, you should know like what deadlines are coming or what projects you have to work on and they should align. So you're not going to tell your partner to be like, well, you have to make dinner at, you know, that should be your cake today. (laughs) Like they can do whatever they want. But I would say at least one of them should probably (laughs) be business related. That's part of your relationship. And that should be probably discussed ahead of time. So we shouldn't just superimpose our cake onto other That'd be right. hysterical. I'm going to go downstairs after this recording and I, with no explanation at all, and I'm going to go up to my husband. I'm going to be like, Ryan, I have decided that the layers of your cake today are this, <laughs> right. this, and this. And he's going to be like, what in the actual hell are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> I love that yeah. though. I, I absolutely. But you can even like get complicated with cake if you want um, so like as a team, you could have like three cake goals for the week, right? So it's just basically the the power of three. So maybe like going into the week as a team mm-hmm. for your business, you've got three main goals. Um, and then mm. you relate that down. I, I like to use the power of three. Um, yeah, so do I. It's very easy to keep track of and um, it it's not overwhelming. And it feels like a complete unit. When you do something three times or when you do 
if you do something three times or if you do three things that are complementary, it feels like a set. It feels like yeah. a beginning, a middle, and an end. It feels like it. I mean, this is why rule of three is so popular in copy, especially in list building, where it's like, it's this, it's this, yeah. and it's this. We just naturally go before, during, after, beginning, middle, end. It just makes sense to our brain. Yeah. So if you know as a team, like, hey, these are our three goals for the week, then you can leave it up to your team members to say, like, how they're going to incorporate that into their day. I love that you just transitioned to teams because I'm going to try to make this transition work. Let's see if I can pull this off. Okay. Holly, what does cake, side hustling, prioritization, uh, productivity, what does any of that have to do with one of the world's favorite teams, dysfunctional, functional, and everything in between, the English royal family? Good question. Um, (laughs) Well, I would maybe say tradition because I do think there is cake sometimes served with tea. And I think with tradition also just comes the repetition of um, obviously their like traditional – habits or activities um like you definitely know what to expect when it comes to the royal family and what they're going to do like it's very um scripted and planned yeah it's scripted and it's planned i don't know that was a tough one (laughs) no but i'm saying it's it's scripted and it's planned but also that idea of tradition and repetition those those things in combination to me say ritual Right. Yes, so like what are exactly. the rituals of your small business? What are the rituals of your day to day? For you, one of those rituals is cake. That's your changing of the guard. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And I would say, you know, if you think about rituals, like one of my rituals is picking those three things a day. I also incorporate that into my morning routine. Um, so yeah, it's very, it's very predictable. <laughs> There's no surprises. When did your fascination with the royal family begin? Yeah, so I think it was definitely when I was in kindergarten, and I can't say that I remember it exactly, but I do know, so my grandmother used to travel all the time, and she would always go to England and bring back, like, this, like, amazing, like, tea set or something that was, like, so different than what we were used to, Um, and so I just became fascinated with this idea of being a queen and like what that was. And I'm, I mean, obviously being five and like 42 is very different. <laughs> but um, so I wrote the queen when I was five and she actually wrote back. And so I think to me, that was like, oh, it's a real person. Oh, I don't think it was actually her. It was probably her office, but I have like a. It doesn't matter. You still got a letter from the yeah. office of the queen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's on like stationary and like hand stamped and I'm sure it was uh, I mean my personal queen Angela Lansbury wrote back to me once and that was the most like incredible day I can't imagine if the actual queen because that's one of the things about staying power my god you were saying so much has changed from 5 to 42 except who the monarch of England right exactly like I still have the letter And I think when I got it, like, I remember thinking, oh, this is like a real person. And then I just sort of started researching, like, well, what does she do? And what is her family about? And then it sort of became this, like, obsession. And then obviously the the marriage of Diana and all of that. And then it just, like, kept going. Um, 
So it's my, like one of my favorite topics to just sort of binge. You have this wonderful, beautiful, like I wrote the queen in kindergarten. I'm like, I thought Prince Harry was hot. Everybody (laughs) thought William was hotter. And as a kid, I thought that was unforgivable. And I was like, y'all wait and see. Someday Harry will eclipse William in hotness. And that's how my, like. Yeah, I'm definitely more obsessed (laughs) with, um, with the princesses Mm. i'm really into like there's this whole story about like public appearances and like what they wear and what they say and how they prepare i mean it's like this whole thing yeah um and i just think it's fascinating like if they wear a dress like it sells out in you know five minutes or whatever like i don't know if we were talking about before like if you watch the brand new like harry and megan like harry did the carpool karaoke and he facetimed megan and megan was in this blue dress and people like guessed what dress she was in and it sold out in like 10 minutes and i like this it's just fascinating to me yeah but then i'm like well i want to know what that dress is yeah yeah but i i remember like right at the beginning of their marriage not at the beginning of them dating but right at the beginning of their marriage kate wore a dress from like ann taylor yeah and everyone was like, that dress is under $300. Like, yeah. why would she even be what? What? And I'm like, wow. Oh, that's a lot. So, okay. Of the princesses, living and deceased, if you had to pick one pony, pony being a princess, that you would launch a side hustle with, which princess would you pick? Oh, that's tricky. So I was going to say one person until you say said launch a side hustle, but I would totally choose Megan because like I have followed what they have done with their um, like press releases and how they have sort of planned all the things like they're working with Oprah and the Obamas. I mean, they clearly have their stuff together and have a team behind them and have like very well thought out like what they want to do and how they want to do it. Um, and have very clearly chosen brands to work with and, you know, people who they wanted to talk to. Like, I think she sent Oprah like a basket of coffee because they like um, invested in this like organic coffee in of California. I mean, it's genius how they did it because now Oprah is on Instagram talking about her friend M who sent her coffee. And then all of a sudden this like coffee place is like selling out like it's just it's just mind-blowing to me like how it all works but I think what they've done from a nonprofit perspective um is really amazing and how like their biggest mission right now is to just give back and I can't remember like Harry's official stance but it was like make the world a better place um I'm sure it's much easier when you're a prince to do that than a like side hustler teaching first grade well, and not working a nine to five, but there are I would choose her throughout the world. Yeah. But one of the princes, right? Like it's easier yeah. when you are either Harry and or William, right? Yeah. So, wait, but who were you going to say before I said the side hustle part? Uh, so I was going to say Kate um, actually, because from a just, well, maybe Kate or Diana would be um, maybe tied, but I think Kate has come a really long way in creating her own sort of personality. Like, you know what to expect from her. She's very traditional um, and has really, I think, filled the role for what her role is um, in a way that makes sense for her without giving up um, 
you know, who she is. Like you expect her to be like very girl next door and that seems to fit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I would not choose much- her to run a side hustle though. <laughs> no, no, no. Mm-mm. No, but she does. She has that like wholesome Katie Holmes energy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I would just be interested to like have a chat with her. No, or but I agree. Take. I think I think May I think Megan is savvy. Mm-hmm. I think everything that they've done taking this big bold exit uh is amazing and something that startup people like I'm the CEO of so and so and I'm leaving it. Cool. Look at Harry and Megan, see how they're differentiating themselves while remaining true to their family-ish, like, you know, all these different things. And I think I think that is interesting inspiring it's lovely to see how they're using their platform for these nonprofit causes now and yes they have high profile friends so now what they're doing is they're harnessing those connections to create social good and social change and also have fun yeah yeah right? like Carpool i think they've Karate, done it in a Harry gets to have fun in a way that isn't dressing up as a Nazi in a college party and everybody right. talking about that for years and years and years and years, which yeah. he has since atoned for and apologized for and all the things, Harry, I'm not trying to dig up shit on you. But I'm saying, like, it's nice to see them enthusiastically embrace their position as as icons, as status, as celebrities even, And just say, cool, all right, everyone's watching us anyway, so we may as well do good work. Right, exactly. They have the audience, and I think they're using it the right way. I would start a hustle. Now, if we were going back through history, let's take this even further back. I think I would probably start a side hustle with Anne Boleyn, which would be a problem eventually, obviously. (laughs) I, I would start a side hustle with Anne Boleyn because she's crafty, but I would make a joke about the witch thing. Like I would start like an apology yeah. with her or uh, Prince Albert. Oh, yes. So if you watch The Crown, like that's a very interesting story about mm-hmm. him and um, like what how he sort of I can't remember the formal word um, abdicated from the throne. Um, yeah. That would be a very interesting. Well, and he wound up like one of my favorite things. If you and they they do a really beautiful job of bringing this up in Young Victoria, which is absolutely gorgeous. And if you haven't seen it, I I have not seen that. I need to add that to my list. Yeah, I know. What? Okay, you are to current royals as I am to old, long dead royals. Like those, (laughs) those are my kink, right? Yeah, I gotta watch that. Is gorgeous, but one of the things that they do, which is historically true, is in their early relationship, because Albert died pretty early, but in the early stages of their marriage, there was like there's this constant like who's in charge here energy. And obviously it's Victoria, she's the freaking queen, but they had she put a desk for him at her desk and they would sit facing while they worked. And I just thought that was so beautiful and gorgeous of like, listen, we're a team. We're not even rank, but we're a team. 
And in life, we're partners and we're going to sit face to face and we're going to handle these things together. And I just thought that was like, yeah, such I a beautiful that. thing. Oh, I can't believe you haven't seen Young Victoria. No, I got to write that down. I got sidetracked oh. by Bridgerton. So Everyone has gotten sidetracked by Bridgerton and that's fine. That's not, the fact that I haven't done a Bridgerton episode of this show yet is surprising. I'm waiting for a call from Julia Quinn, author herself. Okay, I am. But nice. All right, now I got to ask you an absolutely goofy, goofy question, and I got to think it up because I already asked you who you would go into business with. You wake up tomorrow, and there is a knock at your door, and you open the door, and it turns out. That the Princess Diaries starring Annie Hathaway is your life. And you are the long lost princess of somewhere. Okay. How many layers of the cake in that day and henceforth, how many of those layers go to being a royal and learning that life? And how many of your layers stay what they are now? So I'm going to stick to my, my method and I'm going to say one, one a day, because you're not going to be able to remember things if you don't get enough sleep. So you got to put, you know, like wellness and personal care first. And at some point I would assume that the family has to be incorporated into this Royal life. So that would probably be, um, layer number two. It doesn't mean that the layers don't like integrate. Right. But um, in terms of actually learning that royal way, it would be one. All right. I like it. You're keeping check even in fantasy situations. Yes. I love it. (laughs) Holly, for all of my listeners out there, my poor neglected side hustlers, where can they find the support they need from you? What is the best way for them to start a conversation with you? Yeah. So the best way to start a conversation is Instagram. I'm at Holly underscore Marie underscore Haynes. Um, I share my cake pretty much every single day. I have a little template that you can download um, that's out there. And then on Instagram, you can actually download my side hustle starter kit, which has another cake template for you and walks you through sort of the best way to implement it along with some other tools. So I love the sound of a side hustle starter kit. Ooh. I love that. Where was that when I started? Dang, y'all. You better jump on that. Holly, it has been a pleasure. You are the princess of side hustles in my book. (laughs) Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much. I honestly think talking about cake and royal family has been one of the funnest episodes I've ever done. So thank you. Yes! (laughs) And I didn't even know that we were going to be talking about cake today. That was such a beautiful bonus. It's been so fun. (laughs) All right, all you royals and plebes and everybody in between, I will be back without cake in just a couple of seconds with my final thoughts and your homework for the week. Well, hey there, listeners. I assumed your homework this week would be about cake and decorating the layers of your cake because let me tell you, it is a revolutionary, business-changing practice. Cake forever. But Holly and I recorded this episode a few days before Harry and Meghan's big interview with Oprah. I didn't watch it, too empathic, but from what I understand of the interview, the formerly royal couple 
remained strong and affectionate while discussing heartbreaking intimate topics in front of millions of people. I don't have to tell you how impressive that is. In light of what we now know, I'm hung up on the idea of entanglements, meaning partnerships, commitments, communities, or clients that may have lit you up at one point, but now just kind of piss you off or drag you down. Your homework this week is to cut yourself loose from one of these entanglements. Free up that time in your calendar and space in your brain. Pay special attention to anything that no longer plays nicely with your ethics, integrity, and or standards, and to obligations that infringe on your boundaries. You can't evolve within someone else's constraints. Getting free may be uncomfortable, painful even, but you'll be left with a far more manageable, worthwhile, and satisfying cake. Plus, you'll probably make Oprah proud. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and me, your host, Annie P. Ruggles. If you struggle to sell because you don't know how to put a price on all that goodness in you and you don't like the way that your competitors do it, I have great news for you. You can find my free challenge, Making Selling Easy Without Getting Sleazy, anytime at www.annieprugglescom slash easy, not sleazy. Our show is edited and produced by Andrew Sims of Hypable. Our fabulous theme tune is by Riley Horbacio, who I found on Fiverr. Our gorgeous podcast art is by Francois Vigneault, who I found on Upwork. And our marketing team is led by the unbelievably life-saving Nick Bonitatibus. Don't forget to check today's show notes for more information about our fabulous guests, plus some continuing resources and some Etsy finds from other super fans of today's topic. All pop culture elements mentioned in this episode remain the sole intellectual property of their respective owners. I do not own them, so please don't sue me.